for everybody who doesn't follow me on social media, I'm announcing my new stand-up tour. It's called Vaccinated and Horny. That's referring to me. And I have some dates. We have a pre-sale that is on sale right now. If it's still the pre-sale, the password is horny to get tickets. If you missed the pre-sale, just go get your tickets. I'm coming to a city near you. I'm coming everywhere, you guys, everywhere. So I'm really excited and I can't wait to see everybody. So there's that. Here we are on another beautiful, sunny, glorious, Californian, too hot day, Brandon. I know it's really warming up quickly. It's hot because global warming is happening and California seems to be melting. No? You're going to be fucked because there will be no ice left. No, there's no ice left. For, by the way, the ice in the fridge leaves that weird taste in your mouth. In the it's like main metallic. Fridge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a problem it's the with worst. ice. I know. Can you imagine how disappointed I am? Very. Yeah, it's getting very, very hot. And I don't like the heat. I don't like it when it's hot, hot. People think L.A. is like some paradise, but it's much hotter than it used People to be. People forget that it's basically a desert here. And yes, it's a desert. You're right. I forget that. I they didn't have even this idea that. that it's like tropical. No, it's fucking hot. It, it's, yeah, and everything is brown and arid. Like, I went on a hike the other day and I went over to Sarah Silverman's. And it's brown. Everything is brown. Yes. Brown, 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 brown. There's no lush greenery, even though I always forget California is the desert. And I think of it as green because everywhere I live. Well, because they bring has... the greenery in yes, and then it's so right. expensive to maintain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. It's right. unbelievable. <sighs> I'm having a Diet Coke right now, you guys. From I couldn't help McDonald's. myself. McDonald's. Yeah, I had to, you guys, I had a really, really late night last night. So we did stop at McDonald's. You got an Egg McMuffin? I got a sausage Egg McMuffin, which I love. And I haven't had one since I've been home, <sighs> sweetheart. So fucking good. And hash brown, which I just want to smash my face into. That's yeah. how delicious it is. So I like to get a sausage egg and cheese McMuffin, the hotcakes, and two hash browns. That's my hangover meal. Hotcakes? Yes. Fuck Their pancakes I taste fucking, like cake. I don't give a shit about pancakes. I don't care. You don't, you don't, I don't think a, I've ever a sweet tooth. I don't think I've had a pancake. Oh, we're going to have one. Oh, no, no, no. I don't yeah. care about pancakes. Maybe blueberry. If they were stuffed with blueberries. Oh, but I don't care about so pancakes at all. I don't want French toast. I don't want pancakes. I want eggs and cheese and, like, fry. You know what is weird is when you get a sweet craving... You have to have, like, you will scour the house for anything sweet, but I default to sweet. I don't care about salt. Brand, so my much. favorite chocolates are called Toby Tobin's, and they're dark, dark chocolate. They're the fucking with best. Sea salt on them. And Brandon has a box of them. I have a reserve for me at the house all the time. And he hides them because I can't control myself. But they have these, oh God, they're so fucking good. They make this turtle. Any of their nutted chocolates. Don't say nutted. Uh, oh my Don't God. Don't say nutted chocolates. Any of their chocolates or that turtle, incorporate Or turtle, by the way, when nuts, you're talking about chocolate. It's, well, their best. It's a nut cluster. Their best that I've had is their Rocky Road. Mm. It is delicious. But did you tell the woman that I just want the ones with the nuts in them? Yes, I sent of... an email. Yeah, but why does she keep giving me the ones that because don't they're have pre, them? Their boxes, so the boxes that we get are predetermined because they come in different sizes and they have the chocolates that they put in those boxes so they're made up and ready to go. So I let her know that we wanted to customize a Chelsea Handler box. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's time. With I mean, a nut I, priority. She knows I'm like her best, probably her best customer in town. She's very grateful. She sends very nice messages. She That's loves nice. you. That's nice. Okay, good. Hi, Toby. I should follow Check her. Check her out at the Malibu Country Mart. It, you will not regret it. Oh, wait. Oh, is that where she is? In Malibu? Yeah, they moved from Brentwood. They're in Malibu now. Their store is really cute. Mm. I really just want a weed update. Well, this is week four of weed. This is week four, Brandon. That's a, I'm losing track. Well, because you've done so well, there's not been any issues, really. You've well, not, like, lost it. Okay. I'm just, I thought I would be more excited that I was able to accomplish four weeks of no yeah. cannabis smoking, and I don't feel excited. <sighs> I'm just like, okay, 
Well, you have strong willpower. So I think that's part of it too, that it really, for me, at least from the outside, it was never going to be that much of a feat because you've done it before. You could do it again. And it's not like heroin or crack where you're like, oh my God, I have to have this, like get through my day. It was a nice booster, but now you're going to be able to enjoy it again. And it won't take you 25 milligrams to feel high. Right, exactly. So yeah, I'll be lightheaded. I have to be very careful about my intake. I'm going to start microdosing at 2.5 milligrams. That's smart. Yeah, just, just start. Toe. I'm just going to start all over again. Just pretend it's all over again. Like you're a weed virgin. Hmm. You know, I think I'm just done with it. Like, I want to smoke now. It's like, okay, I did yeah. it. I showed you. Okay. But I was at my girlfriend's the other night and it was hard because there were people smoking joints. And I was like, wow, I really want one. And I just had to literally walk away. So you're getting the weed cravings now. Well, it's not. No, it wasn't the weed craving. It was like the social aspect of oh. it. I wanted to be part of it. But you would I wanted also... to get stoned, you know, okay. like I wanted to be like stony baloney, but I but couldn't. with people. Yeah. Because yeah. there are times people will do it out oh, on their right. back patio yeah. by themselves. Right. Some brand just sent me a huge thing of new joints. So as soon as I break this, that's where I'm headed. Those... It's nice to have that to look forward to. Yeah. Blazy, lazy something they're called. Oh, I don't uh, remember. Blazy Susan. Is it Blazy Susan? Blazy yeah. Susan. Thank you, Blazy Susan. Speaking of cravings, do you have cravings when you get stoned? Because you often talk about women get the munchies. And I always associate that, like, I feel like I have pregnancy cravings when I'm stoned. I always kind of want the same things. You have things that you go to, like McDonald's, Del Taco. Well, obviously, I love McDonald's breakfast if I'm hungover. On so a that's a morning treat That's a morning you. treat. You wouldn't have that at night when no, you're stoned. No, 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 no. They don't serve breakfast at night You're at more McDonald's. civilized. It, they do. Oh. This is oh. Th- this is a new development for, for you, maybe. But they actually started doing all-day breakfast Probably like two years ago. So now you can get your sausage egg McMuffin, your hotcakes, which disgust you, but really excite me at any time. So it may be a good late night. No, no, no. I'm going to just keep that where it is in my head because I don't need to add anything else to my repertoire. I don't have anything in the house that's even fun to eat except for my Toby Tobin chocolate. So even when I get stoned, I don't it's not about the food because there's nothing there. I have turkey and I have tomatoes and I have egg whites and chocolate. Well, you really do yourself a service in that way by keeping everything very clean in the house. But there is nothing worse than when you are stoned and you really want, want a something. Treat. Oh, and fuck. Well, what about if you're me and you don't even know how to operate Postmates? And so you're really stoned and you do want a meal and you can't even do it, you know? Yeah. <gasps> Benito's Tacos. That's a good one. Last time I got really stoned. I made Levi drive to get it because oh, it, was, it was out of the delivery zone. And that's he knew I needed it badly those if I was going to make him drive 40 minutes. Those are fried taco shells. And the reason why they're so delicious, so they have like carnitas yes. and then they have beef shredded. It's all yeah, shredded. Yeah, I like the shredded beef. And they have the chicken. But at that point, you might as well just go for it because it's dipped in oil and fried. So mm. like you're not trying to get chicken over beef at that point. You might as well just get the cancer straight away. I V it. As you can see by that part of the conversation, that we have some unhealthy habits. But also, I've been on this nutritional—I really do hate using the word journey now that it's been set up that we shouldn't be using it. But Sometimes that, it's the only word that works. Well, we need to come up with a replacement word then because journey is just—it's is overused. And it is. It's, I can't— This nutrition experience. Uh, uh-uh, I don't know if that works either. But anyway. Just bit, maybe. Yeah. So we have unhealthy habits. We're going to talk to our nutritionist, Mark— Today, we're going to talk about some 
body image issues, things that we all seemingly he's deal my, with. Yeah, he's been my nutritionist since I was, I think the first time I saw him was when I was 27, 28. I'm 46, so I've known him for 20 years, and Brandon's recently got on the bandwagon yeah. with him as well. It's a good way to engage in like healthy, clean eating and living, and it kind of reframes your logic around food and the way you kind of think about what you're putting into your body. He always talks about food as fuel. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shut up. But it's so true. It's like, it is fuel. Like Larry David had a quote where he said, you, whatever you're eating, it is either helping to keep you alive or helping to kill you. And I think that's true. Oh, that's really interesting. Well, today we're going to have people calling in, writing in about body dysmorphia. We have an interesting submission about being a gluttonous, someone who has really unhealthy eating habits. Either. I'm like that. I have that. I have I have aspects of my personality that are gluttonous. If I have a piece of food in my car, it ends up in between my legs, stuck to my jeans. I watched a video the other day of this woman saying about her, you know, eating habits being gluttonous and that she will verbally tell herself, these are here. I don't need to eat them all in this sitting. Like, you can come back for these. It's okay to put them away. And as simple as that sounds like I would eat an entire fucking bag or container of Oreos thinking like who who else is going to fucking eat these before I get back to them so yeah I don't like finishing things like that <sighs> I don't I'm not going to finish a container of Oreos like that that doesn't make me then I'm like whoa I fucking lost the plot yeah and that's a lot of my life so I got to get fucking on track yeah well I guess it's that's why you just don't get it you don't have it around nope, if can't. you don't have it around it does work that way I'm not gonna have something in my kitchen that I'm not going to eat or demolish when I'm you know weak I get it. Well, let's take a quick break and then we will get into these submissions. So our first submission comes from Aram B. Okay. She is 26 and she writes in, Dear Chelsea, I've been diagnosed with body dysmorphia and an eating disorder. In short, I hate my body despite the fact that my body is technically considered desirable or ideal by the American beauty standards. I work out, eat healthy, wear clothes I like, but I can't find anything that helps. How can I learn to love my body? Yeah, God, it's really hard to love your body. I didn't start loving my body until I was like in my 40s. And obviously everybody knows because I can't keep my top on. But body dysmorphia is just so common among women. It's really, really disenchanting to hear how many women struggle with positive body image and have eating disorders. Before you entered your 40s and started to love your body, were you able to embrace your body before that? No, I'm much healthier about my body positivity now than I was when I was in my 20s. I had anorexia nervosa. You know, when you exercise exceedingly after you eat mm -hmm. just to burn all the calories. It's kind of like what you have right now. That's what I'm going through. Yeah. yeah. And I had that and I would go jogging for a minimum an hour, possibly two hours every day, depending on how much I weighed that morning. I still mm. weigh myself every day, you yeah. know, because you pack me with a scale. You report back. Yeah. And I let you know because the weight could be an indicator of my mood. It could really dictate my day. Like if I was going to be in a good mood, I was this weight. If I yeah. was in a bad mood, it's three pounds heavier. Really, really embarrassing stuff to even have to admit, you know, and so you don't admit it. You kind of hide it the yeah. whole time. I definitely went through a bulimic stage where I threw up for a while in my 20s and that kind of drifted probably for the full decade of my 20s. I was just like, oh, I'll throw it up. Like, you know, had no regard for my well-being. Mm -hmm. Until I finally just dawned on me that I have to actually be physically fit and strong and like I want to be because, you know, bulimia messes with your mental alacrity like you become foggy. Yeah, obviously, because you're depriving yourself of all the nutrients needed. Well, so much of this is also the media's representation of women. And I think that right now there's a real course correction happening where there are active participants in media trying to represent women accurately and appropriately. So they don't feel this burden. But men also feel this way. And I don't know if that's something men obviously don't 
speak about often amongst themselves or amongst each other. But there's definitely, especially around L.A., you see it. It's embodied with these men who spend hours upon hours in the gym or are so particular about their lifestyle habits that they don't really give themselves leeway to enjoy life because Mm -hmm. they are so strict on their meal plans and their diet regimen and their exercise program. So I think that everyone struggles with this to some degree, but women certainly get the brunt of trying to maintain an unachievable standard. Yeah. And RM, you have to like, it is your responsibility to get yourself healthy during this time. And even though that seems like you're climbing up a massive mountain, it is so important for you to get yourself together now. So whether that's like positive affirmations or meditating or, you know, seeking counseling, like you have to get yourself out of this habit because it's just a rut. And you are the only person who has the power to do it. And someone's not going to come along and be like, you have to stop. Well, Ram's on the phone. So let's oh, well, you see what she has to say. You told me that when I was talking well, about her five minutes ago. Okay. Hi, Ram. Hi. Aram, you look like a Disney princess. Yeah, you're adorable. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Did you get to hear anything of what I just said? No. We were just talking about how common this is, first of all, right? Okay. Everyone deals with this. Like, I was just talking about my Mm -hmm. personal history of eating disorders when I was in my 20s. I was very unhealthy. You know, I was bulimic. I had exercise nervosa. I had a bunch of all this stuff. And my friends and I would do it together. My friends and I would, like, throw up together. I remember in my 20s, like, I had girlfriends who we were all bulimic together. Like, it was our drill. And he was talking about male feelings, having the same feelings, how, you know, prevalent it is in the gay world. So it's not unique at all. And you are completely responsible for pulling yourself out of this. You know, you have to change the narrative. And it's so easy to make the change. I've done it. And it seems like it's so much harder than it is. Like, it is so easy to pull yourself up because once you start to pull yourself up like everything starts to work out for you and it's easier to get away from bad habits yeah it's I mean one of the things that makes it so incredibly difficult in in the United States at least is it's so much of eating disorder behavior is seen as normal or or it's like glamorized or encouraged I mean I was shocked when I received my diagnosis last October because I didn't think anything of my symptoms and like you said I've got girlfriends who restrict and we talk about restricting or, you know, eating disorder behaviors and it's no one thinks twice about it. Well, Well, I think there's a movement happening towards healthy living that people often confuse with dieting where those are not mutually exclusive. You can be someone who eats really clean but has, you know, a terrible drinking problem, which obviously affects the quality of health in your life. Why are you staring at me when you say something like that? Well, you're just here. I mean, I... <laughs> what is it? So your restriction, you restrict yourself from food? Is that... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. For days? Just very minimal. Like I would go to CrossFit, come home and have broth for dinner. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So it was just like, I would just see how little I could do basically for as long as I could mm-hmm. or the bare minimum. But doesn't it make you think when you know it affects your mental like crispness and clarity? How does that make you feel? So I'm in recovery and that's one of the things I, I do try and like continue to tell myself, like you don't want to go back to that melancholic state where everything just has this gray haze and you're miserable and anxious and, and you know, that's, what I try to hold on to, what makes it so difficult is I look in the mirror and I'm just so disappointed with what I see. And there are days where I look in the mirror and I, I hate what I see. And that's what is so hard to shake so often. And I'm just, 
part of why I sent the email is because I'm feel like at times I'm grasping at straws with myself. Well, you have to grasp a little harder at the good straws. You're a beautiful young girl. You have your whole life ahead of you. So this is not going to be your story that you had an eating disorder. This isn't going to be your story. And that's why you have to get rid of it and start your story. You know, this is just a little fraction of your life. And it's not as big as you think it is. It's just being treated like it's the biggest thing in the world. It's just a little passage of time. And you're up to make that passage of time as short as possible. It's up to you. Yeah. Can I ask you this? So far, I've not told anyone about this diagnosis, like none of my friends, because I just, I don't even know how to approach it myself, much less trying to involve my loved ones. None of my family knows, only my boyfriend knows, that's it. What are your thoughts on me sharing this with more people or at least people in my inner circle? What would be your reason for sharing it with everyone? I guess emotional support if I'm having a bad day or someone to fall back on or, you know, advice. See, I think that this is something that you should confide in your circle with, even people that you may not necessarily be close with, because the more you normalize it for other women or men going through it and can have that conversation and have people holding you accountable and explain that this is a process. And so some days you may fall short. Some days you may have a more positive outlook. It's just going to make that experience feel you have people behind you who are willing to go through this experience with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the most important narrative, again, is the one you're telling yourself. Like, it really isn't about other people. It's good to have other people, yes, but that should not be your crutch. You're your crutch, and you're going to get yourself out of this. And your diagnosis does not define you. It's a diagnosis for a period of time in your life. That's not the way it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, keep us posted, okay? Okay, great. Thank you so much for having me on. Please take being our patient seriously and take my advice. I will. I I mean, another reason I reached out is how frank you are. And I mean, I love that you post pictures of yourself naked. And I'm like, that's what I want. That can that's be how, you. Yeah, that can be yeah. you, too. I want to post my tits online, too. Well, one day, girl, one day. <laughs> one day. Well. Thanks, Aram. OK, thanks, Aram. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Poor Aram. I mean, I'm not trying to diminish anyone's eating disorders, but they seem to have changed since I was growing up because calorie restriction is now a thing. Like, yes, restrictor. like I'm in a calorie deficit. Yeah. OK, sweetheart. We all know what's going on through your body. You're going through the change. I'm trying to go through a change. One of them. I wouldn't mind going through the change because I am sick and tired of getting my period. I would love for you to go through the change so we could finally regulate the fucking temperature in the house. But can you imagine what a cunt I would be going through menopause? Or oh maybe. Oh, my God. I'm scared of me. But there'd be a light at the end of the tunnel. It's like the vaccine. Like, I would know that something the good was going to happen. Death, the light being death, the light at the end of the tunnel being my demise. Oh, sweetheart, what sorry, a terrible sorry, sweetheart, that, that got, got dark. dark. I know. <laughs> I don't like to think of your demise because then I really like to I, think I, about what that means for me. And uh, I'm not ready for that. I'm getting hungry, sweetheart. Okay, well, let's get through at least one but more thing. Yeah, submission. what I was going to say is so calorie restriction, yes, you're in a calorie deficit. So, calorie restriction, like eating disorders, have to be handled with much more attention than they were in my time because in my time, you couldn't, like, you know, nobody cared that you had an eating disorder because everyone did. And now it's mm -hmm. like, oh, we see the damage it does to you throughout your life. So now it's like people aren't doing things as damaging, but it's still damaging. Da calorie. Well, I also think that there was a time where fad diets were so prevalent that everyone was switching their diets mm -hmm. so regularly that no one thought of anything as an eating well, disorder. putting on 10 pounds, every right. diet causing you to gain weight instead of lose weight. <sighs> eating disorders are like a dime a dozen. I'm actually, you know, when I meet somebody who hasn't had experience. Is it shocking for you? With an eating disorder, I'm just like, oh, wow, so yeah. lucky. 
girls' problems are they eat too much when they get high and they have trouble going to the bathroom. You gave this advice in your special, but you might as well give it again now for any woman who can't go to the restroom. Magnesium O3 by Aerobic Life. They're over the counter and they're magnesium and calcium. So they help you sleep and they help you go to the bathroom every day. And if you get into the habit of taking them, you'll never have a problem again. That's two problems solved, sleep and pooping. Uh Uh-huh. Everyone comes back and says like, thank you so much for that. Because you don't want to be taking laxatives and stuff like that. No, no, no. No, uh, you want to be careful with your butt. I know. Well, of course you yeah, know, but I, know. I don't have that as, as much experience with my own butt. You know what I mean? I don't know. I get it. I need to know more. No one needs to know more. What they need to know, you just told them, and that's macro seven. Yeah. I've taken it. God, weight fucking sucks. Well, your diet sucks. Aram, we feel for you. Okay, so our next mission is a write-in under the pseudonym The Gluttonist. Well, this is right up the my gluttonous? alley. The Gluttonist? The Gluttonist. Okay. Okay. The Gluttonist writes, Dear Chelsea, I'm a binge eater. I eat until I feel sick, but I won't purge. I just get depressed. Oh, well, this is right on topic. Yeah, seriously. I just get depressed and lie around until I eventually starve myself for the day until I feel like I deserve to eat food again. I've been living the cycle for 20 years, and I've gone from a healthy weight to an unhealthy weight countless times. I can't maintain healthy eating habits to save my life. I'm a single mom in a partnered relationship and hide my binge eating from everyone. Ever since the lockdown and pandemic, I haven't been able to control myself. Things have gotten out of hand and I've gained 50 pounds. (gasps) I want to have another child, get married, and love my body. But my mind controls my hand and mouth. Save me. Give me the rawest form of Chelsea Handler advice. Save me from myself. Sincerely, the gluttonist. We both actually have this issue. Uh, Yeah, totally. I have a total lack of control over myself until, well, then, but that's not true because then I also have a good willpower when I want it. So, But I think that that's kind of what she's saying as well, that she doesn't have healthy habits, but it's been a cycle. I think, first of all, for someone like that, I think they need to eat on a timer to get themselves rehabituated to something else. Like what you do, you Mm -hmm. eat every three to four hours. I also ideally eat every three to four hours. But I think you should, because that's really when your blood sugar stabilizes. Like if you eat healthfully, like if you have, say, four ounces of a protein and like, you know, a tablespoon of peanut butter or an ounce of avocado or a tablespoon of salad dressing, and then you have some berries or you have have some vegetables. If you eat like that and are really healthy and you are like very controlled and eat every three to four hours, which is our nutritionist Mark's plan, essentially, I think it gets you on a program. It's like you don't have to think about doing that for life. It's how you think about getting yourself out of this rut. And the number one reminder I would say to use is your child. Every time you go to the fridge before that timer's up, just set your timer on your phone like I do and just Anytime you're about to break or do anything, just remember that you have a daughter that you need to be healthy for or a son. I don't know if you have a daughter or son. She didn't mention that. She just said she was a single mom. Right. Okay. So maybe you have more kids, which is better because the more you'll care. But I think you really need to get yourself out of this habit. Brandon, what do you think? This is exactly that's exactly what I was going to say, because my relationship to food, my life revolved around it. If I was sad, food was there. If I was happy, food was there. It was because I didn't, my family didn't grow up with a lot of money. It was kind of the one thing everyone had to give to show affection or it was based on every interaction. And so doing Mark's plan, which the way Chelsea describes it, it seems like, oh, that seems like a lot of work. It's a macro plan. So you have a certain amount of protein, fat, and a carb at every meal. It's very balanced. And you never get that like afternoon sink where you feel tired. So it just kind of maintains healthy levels in your body. 
and you can find out online. You do a macro calculator so you know, but the timer holds you accountable. So you're getting back into this now. That What's you're... his thing called? Venice Nutrition? Venice Nutrition. So go to venicenutrition.com. You don't have to sign up necessarily, but just get a look at what his whole philosophy is because it works. I've done it. Brandon's been doing it. He feels incredible. You get a ton of energy. You get your self-respect back because you're in control of the situation. And it seems like right now you're out of control. So you just want to use this as a tool to get yourself on the straight and narrow because you do not want to be hiding, binging, and you don't want to be doing that. That's not being strong for your kids or for yourself, really. So go to venicenutrition.com, do a little research, and just remember, you are in control of this. This is something that your relationship to food, what you eat and how often you eat, you can control. It seems impossible sometimes because everyone has a craving and and we all go off. It's not going to be 100% of the time that you're going to be in control, but you can always get yourself back to that point. And also, if you can find a well-respected hypnotist in your area, because I went to Carrie Gaynor in L.A. for smoking, and that worked. And everyone's like, it's never going to work on you. It's never going to work. And it worked. I've never smoked a cigarette since I met him. Well, and we've sent countless people to Carrie Gaynor who have stopped smoking. And they've all quit smoking. So typically, people who can hypnotize you to quit smoking can hypnotize you for eating disorders, for fear of flying. Mm -hmm. So if there is somebody in your area and you're not not in LA. If you are in LA, Carrie Gaynor. And then the other thing is, yes, go to venicenutrition.com and check it out. Start saying the sentence, you don't have an eating disorder, you had an eating disorder, period. It's in the past. So turn your future into what you want. That's great advice. Okay. I would like to know the gluttonist, if there's a change, keep us posted. But it's hard because you just have to like say no to yourself. So now that I've been doing this and I did it for four weeks, very strict. I did not deviate from the plan at all. There was no sugar. In the beginning, it seems like you're never going to get control or you're never going to be okay with having limited options or having a limited amount of something. But then you realize how off track you had gotten with food that like everything, and especially in America, the portions are huge. Everything is very seasoned with salt. Like we're just conditioned to eat a certain way. And we're also conditioned to eat all the time when it's so unnecessary to take in so much food. And things become so much more of a treat. So like I got this, it's from a company called Skinny Bitch. They do that cauliflower pizza. Mm -hmm. And that's been like, if I want something that I feel like is bad, but still relatively good and it's fucking delicious. So I don't feel like I'm sacrificing anything. No, you should save your sacrifices for margaritas anyway. Well, that's what I try and do knowing that Monday, Wednesday and Friday, we've been going for margaritas and a rollerblade. I know, but we have to change that schedule up a little bit. We didn't go rollerblading every day last week. No, we didn't. We went one day. I think we go rollerblading on Mondays. Is that the days? I think we, so. I think we need to switch that up to Friday because I think that's a great way to wrap up yeah, the Yeah, I think you're right about that, as okay. usual. Okay. We've been talking about Mark for the last 10 minutes, so let's just get him on the phone. Oh, there he is. Oh, oh. I'll see! Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I love you. Uh, Brandon, look at you, too. Hi, Mark. Mark, how happy are you that we have come full circle? So, Brandon went on your program. I start every day thinking I'm going to do the program. And then every day, you know, like, I can't wait three to four hours for my next meal because I was getting stoned a lot. So I was eating a lot. And then I was like, okay, this is a vicious cycle. And then finally, I came home from Whistler and Brandon was on your program, had lost all this body fat, lost all this weight. And I was like, oh, my God, I've got to do it. And I've been doing it. And honestly, just like that, my body leaned out just like that, like five days, five days. I'm ripped. She snaps right back. Look at you. You are like. You look amazing always. You never age. 
and you get sexier every single day. Well, I appreciate that kind of endorsement, Mark. <laughs> Do you see Brandon's body? Brandon, did you show Chelsea your abs like bending over? He's, no. he's Listen, you're turning him. This is the problem, Mark. <laughs> Mark's been my nutritionist for like, I don't know, almost 20 years. 20 years? <laughs> Forever. <laughs> I met you when I was 27. So yeah, almost 20 years. Anyway, I, I went to him because I had never had abs, right? Kind of oh, like what it? you oh, did. Oh, sweetheart, look at our paths. Yeah, and I had never been... You know, remember, I had real issues when I came to you, Mark. I was like, you know, so obsessed with my weight and so obsessed with my body. And you put me on a program of healthy eating every three to four hours, you know, protein, fat and carbs in a healthy way. And I felt incredible. After two weeks, I had just dropped like three or four percent body fat. And the key is to really not ever overeat Mm -hmm. and always eat when you're hungry. Right. So you're never starving your body and you're never storing fat. And then you got me ready for a couple of bikini covers I had to do. And I always try and stay on the diet. But, you know, sometimes it's it's not even a diet, really. It's a lifestyle, no, it's as Brandon a, likes to say. It, yes, it is retraining the way you think about food, your interaction with food, how you view food as a necessity or a fuel. It can still be a luxury. It can still be something that you enjoy, but it doesn't need to be at this maximized. You don't have to be obsessed with food. Brandon, you make me so proud, oh, man. You, like Mark. you're like just rocking it. And Chelsea, I re- still remember when we first met, I called you, you know, for, when I was in Valencia, California, and I'm on the phone with you. And that was just, you know, you, you inspire me because you take action. You love your health. You understand the importance of your health. You challenge me. You yell at me in a loving way. And we have so much fun together because you understood food and then how to take your body to another another way and how to make it a way of life. We talked about how busy you are and how hard it is to eat when you're on the go. But you, to me, when you got ready for the shape cover, as you continue to live, as every year passes, you just understand your food. And what I love about you is once you know it, you can choose to not do it for a moment, but you always come back to it. And that's inspiring. Yeah. And my my first question when I went to him was like, I don't want to give up alcohol. What can we do? (laughs) And he said, okay, you have to just have one drink a week for the next, you know, few weeks. And then we can reintroduce the alcohol Mm -hmm. at a much more, you know, reasonable level. Everything in moderation. Yeah. Well, sometimes. But to this day, we still have the Chelsea salmon, asparagus and vodka. That is the (laughs) meal for everybody right there. That was the Chelsea favorite. Anyway. (laughs) That like, sounds about right. Mark, are you standing up? I need you to sit the fuck down because your energy is already jumping through the screen. You know how he is. He's like this Mark all the time. A- he will hug you when you see yeah. him, whether you want to be hugged or not, and he'll hold on tight. He is uh, maximum energy at all times. I am standing, by the way. Yeah, of course you're standing. Listen, you burn three times more calories standing rather than sitting, so I'm being smart with my with the time I have. Okay, yeah. Copy that. <laughs> I want to talk to you a little bit about Brandon because Brandon is getting very body obsessive. And the other day he said that he shaved his stomach to show you his abs because he's worried that his bottom two abs are not popping, Popping. which I had never heard that term before. And I said, you're going to get into a situation where you're as obsessed as I was about your body. And so I wanted to talk to you about that because how do you not become, you know, when you start manipulating your weight and your body and you see, you know, how lean you can get and how much energy is derived from being healthy about your diet, you can get obsessive. 
Yeah, I mean, I think with Brandon, the 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 real challenge that he's had, and and I've known Brandon for years, is that he's always been fit and healthy, but he's never been able to take his body to another level. And that frustration, I think, is worse than the obsession of taking it to a level. So he's been searching and searching and trying and starving. And what he's done in the past is you starve yourself. You cut your calories, you cut your carbs, his face leans out, you look like a skeleton. And then he still didn't have the abs. So when he reached out to me, it was awesome because I just said, listen, you can achieve, you'll get your eight pack. It's gonna be a process, but we're gonna do it in a way that it's gonna become a forever way of life. And that's what we had to run as he's going on a trip. The whole thing was how do we help him get ready? How does he see those abs? As he's gotten leaner, as he's understand food, as he the leaner he gets, the more he eats. With diets, the leaner you get, the less you eat. So now we have his top four coming in. When he lays down, he gets his top, he has all six, and now he's starting to see his bottom two. So he's almost got the eight pack. And now we're focusing on building a little more, more muscle in his abdominal region so it pops even more. But I think what Brandon's seen is that he's loving his exercise, his energy is great. He's a little obsessive because he has a goal. But once he achieves that goal, we move it into a lifestyle for him and Levi. So they make this a permanent part of life, not something you do for a moment. And Levi is my partner and he is doing this regimen too. I do just feel like out of everything I've ever tried, and I've tried a lot of shit, I just feel like this is something I can stick with forever. What's nice is you know you can still go out to eat and have things. It's about the balance of that meal. So I don't feel like I'm out anything. And again, I just feel like I had such an unhealthy relationship with food that this forced me to reflect on how much I was eating, why I was eating it. Because you also realize that you go through your day grazing on things. Like I'm not even hungry. Mm -hmm. I'm just bored or it's occupying my mental space. And so now when it has to be more thoughtful, you get a lot more out of your meals not just, you know, nutrition wise, but mentally. Right. Like, look, at I brought my lunch today, Mark. I have my turkey and my avocado and my mustard for my snack. I forgot a fruit, but whatever. The one thing I did learn from you, well, not the one. I've learned many things from you. One thing that I always take away is I never eat fruit by itself anymore because I know then you're just hungry again an hour later. So you have to combine that with a fat or a protein at the very least. Always have a fat, right? Because it takes the fat to burn the fat. So it's all about blood sugar. So that eating healthy is different than eating balanced. So fruit by itself will break down, spike your blood sugar, make you store fat, get you hungry an hour later. Protein and carbs balance each other. Fat slows down digestion. And I love that. I love what you're doing, Chelsea, because you can, for the last 20 years, you just consistently go back to it. And I think that's when we talk about Brandon, he was unhappy with his body. Now he might fall off plan, but what he's doing, he has the knowledge now. So he knows what to do. So the pressure is off. Just like you, you come back, you say, okay, Brandon's inspiring. I'm going to get back on plan. It's not something that's torturous. It's not something you have to suffer. You can eat the food you love. You just eat smarter and work out smarter. And then you control the success you want with your body. Can we talk a little bit about intermittent fasting? Because obviously that's the trend right now. People love to intermittent fast. I hear that all the time. I've done it. And, you know, so let's hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think there's three main philosophies now. You have keto, intermittent fasting, and blood sugar, which is what we teach about. Not using food to lose weight, but food to create balance. There's three questions I would always ask. Number one, is it based on the science of your body? Number two, can you do it for the rest of your life? And number three, would you put a kid or teenager on it? Intermittent fasting is designed because when you turn 30, every decade, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, you lose 5% of your muscle mass. So intermittent fasting was designed as a way where people wanted to still eat foods they love 
but do enough to not have the scale increase. That doesn't mean you're progressing, you're still regressing. So you don't eat till noon, you can't eat past eight, and you'll lose weight, but is that something you wanna do for the rest of your life? Is that something that's gonna let you live the way you should to reprogram your metabolism? No, it won't. It will be something to maintain and slow down your regression. Keto's the same way. You cut out your carbs, you eat protein and fat. Yeah, you force your body to burn fat, but you burn some muscle. No one wants to live keto without carbs for the rest of their life. So you have to ask yourself, is this something you want forever? IF works, low carb works, low calorie works. The question is, is it something that you prepare to do forever? Most people do it, they go back to their lifestyle and they regain everything. If you implement just understanding how to eat the food you love in the right balance, you'll release your stored fat, build muscle, and it's something that you can do for the rest of your life and actually reverse the aging challenges and increase your metabolism. But aren't there a lot of health benefits to fasting though? Yeah, I mean, my take is if you eat clean food and you move, that's your greatest health benefit. And we just have to keep thinking of how we were fed when we were born. Babies feed every three hours. They have breast milk or formula, which is the same in the sense of that it's balanced with protein, fat, carbs. Babies stop eating when they're satisfied. They eat again when they're hungry. The first year of life, that's physiology. That's how we fuel our body. We stop eating that way because of lifestyle, not because of our body's needs. And your body is the best adapter, so it just, I think fasting in periods, can totally be healthy. But if you eat clean food, less salt, no nitrates, and you eat clean, and you drink water, and you move your body, you're cleansing your body every single day. And then when you want to bring low alcohol in, or you want to have an off plan meal, go for it. Just get back on plan. Mm -hmm. That's the key to success. Yeah. And I like your philosophy too, is that when you do have a cheat meal or you do go off plan, that the whole day isn't gone. You don't, that doesn't mean you just get to have McDonald's for the rest of the day for every meal, that you go back to your plan but it, the uh, next meal. You go back to the plan. Like if you're hungover, of course, you're going to want French fries and something greasy. So once in a while, that's okay. But the next meal, you have to get back on plan. But this also goes back to once you're on the plan for X amount of time, like I was on it for almost eight weeks before I deviated at all. When you're eating such excess or things that are not good for you and have such high salt content or just they're over flavored, you become desensitized to it. You think everything should taste that way. And so you don't even really enjoy it at a certain point. You also realize how much we eat that is unnecessary, like the excess, right, in everything. which we eat, you know, and which portions are served. And when you realize like, oh, if I do Mark's plan and I have, you know, a scoop of peanut butter as my fat or a tablespoon of dressing, you're like, holy shit, what am I eating in a restaurant when they're dressing your salad <laughs> and putting tons of fat in it? Last night for dinner, when I was weighing everything out, and this is also the thing is, I think it can be overwhelming for people when they do start to search for a plan that's going to work for them or a lifestyle that they can really commit to. You can start to ballpark things. Once you get through it for a few weeks, you just know like, oh, all of these white meats are interchangeable. So it doesn't feel like you have to think as much about it. Yeah, people don't want to weigh their food. That's no, definitely and, like yeah. a barrier. So, but, but you can gauge it. Like, So now I've gotten pretty good at knowing how many handfuls or ballparking where that's going to be. And it's always about right. But when I was looking at the meal last night, I thought, oh my God, like, you know, three months ago, I would have thought that this was a starvation diet. I was looking at it, but that's, it's not. We just overeat consistently. I also think with Brandon, he wants an elite body. So it's Chelsea, it's like when you got ready for the cover of Shape. There's, there's a certain level you commit to. But the reality is this, uh, for women, a palm of protein, a fist of carb, a thumb of fat. You don't have to weigh your food. It's about just understanding PFC, protein, fat, carbohydrates, a third, a third, a third on your plate.
keep it simple, eat every three hours, and your body's starting to win. And I think a lot of times with food, it's the emotional attachment. I'm 48, almost 49, and I was grew up focusing on, you know, if you a bad day you eat, a good day you eat. And a lot of times it's this emotional attachment to food. When you balance your blood sugar and you eat this way, you take away the the psychological craving, the physiological craving, meaning that you don't crave the food. You still might want it, but you don't have the physical need for it. So it gives you back control. And I think that's what we all want to understand how to live our best health, feel our best and not feel like we have to suffer and be, be attacked by food. We can decide when we want to eat it and how we want to eat it. Well, so that's a great lead into one of our submissions that we had. It was from a woman who classifies herself as a gluttonous that she goes through these phases where she'll really focus on eating right and staying healthy. And then she will binge basically until she's sick. And she'll do this for prolonged amounts of time. So not just one day. So for someone who feels like they really cannot regain long-term control of their eating habits and something like this plan sounds like a great idea, but they wouldn't even know the entry point. What would you recommend to someone like this? Yeah. So it comes back down, you know, 1%. I've told the story when I was seven years old, I couldn't speak and I I couldn't form words. And I was going to be held back going into second grade. And my dad came home and my mom, and it was like, I was devastated because no one could understand what I would say. I I thought I was speaking the words, but no one would understand it. And my dad went to my room and put a big 1% in my room and said, listen, you're going to have tough days. You're going to want to quit, but you can learn how to speak 1% at a time. And for four years, I worked on my speech focused on it. And then I got there. Now I speak all around the world. I'm able to do this podcast with you, all these things, but it's the 1% that went with me. I think your health is starting where you are and you have to think about the 1%. If you can maybe walk five more minutes, if you can sleep three more minutes, if you can get one shake in or one balanced meal, you're getting there. For that exact analogy, a lot of times people overeat because they starve, they starve, they starve, and physically they need to fuel. And then they, they go. But if we can just start her at just balanced meals, the physical need, the physical cravings won't be there anymore. She'll feel better week after week. And then those big binges, they'll start to dissipate. They won't be there as much. So I think the first step is let's start balancing her, looking just at protein, fats, and carbohydrates. Start with your breakfast, start with your snacks, start with your lunch. And by doing those mid-morning, mid-afternoon, you won't crave that lunch and dinner, that amount, and not starve yourself so that you get a result and then you want to then overeat. If she's interested in your program, can you tell her where she should go and what she should do? Yeah, so the first, you know, Chelsea Handler, one of the greatest women in the world, people in the world, best honor ever. She wrote the forward for our book, Body Confidence. So that's a great book that really teaches you. My company's Venice Nutrition. You can go to venicenutrition.com. But a great read to understand about nutrition is starting with body confidence. Body confidence. And then, yeah, when it sounds like overwhelming to plan your meals like this, it's actually, A, it's empowering because after the second day of doing it, you're like, okay, I've got the system down. Now I know, you know, the cravings disappear very quickly. So if you have somebody that is listening, that is gluttonous, that is interested in this, like I really would beg you, you can even just join Venice Nutrition or go on and take a look at it. And you don't have to make any major commitment, but I urge you to take four or five days and really be serious about it and see how different you feel at the end of four or five days because you feel like you're in control again. And that's a good place to be when you're talking about food and you're talking about people who, you know, overdo it. Well, and I would just like to say to both of you that there are certain aspects of your beginning of this change in your relationship with food that seem like you're never going to get there. 
And so I think, you know, with my body specifically, Chelsea and I had to have a conversation the other day where she was really honest. She's like, I think you're taking it too far. Like, it's honestly a little alarming. Like, I'm working out in a trash bag under a sweatsuit. Yeah, oh, yeah. I get, Ma- I get, Mark, like, this I, is a fucking like, story. Like, I get, like, oh, I get yeah. that. Okay, oh, so, yeah. So, Mark will encourage so, this behavior, though. Okay, that, that's so, your fault, Mark. He came over. First, he changed into a plastic bag he put over his body, which I've done also. Uh, just for the record. Let the record state. I have had a sweatsuit. I used to go in my sauna and just... But that was when I was, you know, it was unreachable goals because I was just overcompensating for bad behavior and bad eating and bad drinking. So it was never going to even out. But I definitely had one of those black sweatsuits that makes you sweat extra. So he put the trash bag on and then put what looked like a scuba suit over it. Well, it was a neoprene sweatsuit. Yeah. Yeah. A neoprene sweatsuit. And then he was on the treadmill and texted me and said there was a puddle. Were you at my house or at the gym? No, I was at the gym. At the gym. And he said there's a puddle at the bottom of the treadmill. And I was like, yeah, of course, you asshole. It looked like my water had broke. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, so anyway, after that time... It's an extreme. (laughs) It is about working hard and it's about feeling good. And I feel so good right now that, yes, I want to look a certain way, but I also don't want to feel tired or weak all the time. And so I feel like I'm getting stronger. But in that moment, so Chelsea, we were marking back and forth, sending video messages, and she basically said, hey, what you're doing is great. And like, I understand it. I've been there. But In those moments, you also need to practice as much as you're practicing self-control, you need to practice patience because it's not going to come overnight. So all these extreme things that you're doing is not necessarily going to change you tomorrow. Like it's a process. And so with what you were just speaking about, Mark, the 1%, that's why I don't weigh myself every day because I was doing that in the beginning. It will make you mad looking at it because it's fluctuating. So now I will weigh on Friday just as kind of a checkpoint of where I'm at knowing that if I'm down anything anywhere or even maintaining that I'm doing the right work. Yeah. And and also the scale does not define your success. So I think everyone listening, when you start your health, you have to look at your internal and external. How's your energy? How's your appetite? What's your inch measurements? Take some pictures of yourself because your weight can vary for multiple reasons, stress, lack of sleep. Yeah. You could be on your cycle. I'm on my cycle right now. I mean, remember when you would text me that, and, oh, I and know. the weight would be up. I can't believe you even tolerated my behavior when I was that crazy. Oh. Oh, I he mean, loves with you pleasure. So much. I know. And he loved it. He'd be like, no problem, Chelsea. I love you so much. It's okay. I'd be like, I found cellulite on my arm. Now what? <laughs> but I love that, by the way. But just everyone listening, you make sure you know you don't have to wear trash bags or scuba suits like Brandon. Does. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> that is extreme. I do want to ask something that's not necessarily related to diet, but it's just about your attitude and outlook on things. How do you maintain I'm in a fucking bad mood today, Mark. So how do you maintain such authentic positivity? Because people, you you can't see him, but he's not stopped smiling the entire time. And he genuinely is like this. Like he knew me for about six hours where he's like, love you. And I know that, and I know that he, and I know that he meant it, which is as strange as that seems. Like there is just something about him that is authentic to his core. He is a positive person. And for other people, because we also have a lot of people writing and saying like, I can't get myself out of this mood. I can't pull myself out yeah. of my funk. And I don't know that they're mutually exclusive, but there does seem to be some sort of connection in the lifestyle you're living and your positivity. Yeah, I mean, for me, it started with my mom. My mom is just, since I was a bait, I mean, she just loves life. And she would always tell me that and just always instill that in me. And then it just was part of me. And I just believe in people. I love people. 
I've had an amazing life. But at the end of the day, I believe in people. I believe in the greatness of what we can be. And I think as I was always, you know, when I was seven, I said I couldn't speak. I had asthma, so I couldn't play sports. I've always just, I've always felt like an underdog. So I've always wanted to empower people that regardless of where you are in life, regardless of your circumstance, you can always reach for your greatness. It's never too late. You just got to start 1% at a time. And if you cast that vision, you can achieve it. And so many people are struggling with their health, with all of the challenges that happen with COVID, with where we are as a society, it's just, you gotta start, you gotta make a decision. You don't have to starve yourself. You don't have to cut stuff. You can love your food, you can love your body. Whatever type of body you have, find that space you wanna be and cast that vision and, and go for it. I don't know that there's a better place to wrap up than that. Um, no, I just would like to close this with a story about Mark flew out to my house in LA a couple years ago because I was like, I've gone off the rails. You've got to come out here and help me. And he came out for like a week and I was scared because, you know, of his energy level. I'm like, oh, fuck, what's he going to make me do? You know, he's going to train me and get me back on my program. Sand sprints, probably. Yeah, he loves sand sprints. And they, by the way, they fucking work. You know, do a sand sprint and you probably won't have to work out again for the rest of the week. But I warned everybody at the house who was working at the house and who hadn't met him before, like, you will get assaulted by this hug. Like, there's no way around it. He's coming in hot and he will not take no for an answer. And uh, everyone, and I remember Tanner's express, Tanner goes, I can't believe that you're okay with that. <laughs> and I was like, I actually don't know that I, you're right. I can't believe it either. I've never thought about how I've been tolerating Mark's enthusiasm, yeah, you've just accepted it. but it's infectious. And you know, he's really, he means it. I mean, it's a lot and it works. So but there we, you go. But we need it, Mark. Yeah, we need and, you, Mark. And I needed it we today, love you, Mark. so thank you. Well, we, I need you to and your heart. And just this is a Chelsea story. I've known a lot of people in this world. Her heart for the people she loves and the people in uh, for everybody is one of the most special things. And I just want the world to know how special you are, Chelsea, how you give, how you want to make a difference, and you inspire me. And that goes right to Brandon. So it's an honor to call you a friend. You're both are family to me. And as you know, I'm always here for y'all. I fly to LA anytime. You come to Atlanta anytime, and I'll clip you, body fat you. Together, we change the health of the world. Sounds good. Say hi to Abby and the kids. Give them a big, massive hug. Yeah, give them a big, massive hug for me, Mark. You take care of that. (laughs) Bye. 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 Oh, Brandon, it's like your new boyfriend. Well, listen, how lucky is Abby to have that as her husband? I know. I know how lucky she is, or is he just driving her fucking crazy? You know, like, because if you were living with somebody that was in that good of a mood all the time, no, I would hope that it's contagious. I would hope that it really would force you to feel happiness. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it would. His son, Hunter, he has a son and a daughter and his son, Hunter's older and he's he's just like he's just like Mark. He they came to one of your shows. I don't remember which, but I remember probably Atlanta because he lives in Atlanta now. I remember. Oh, no, it was Nashville, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it was Nashville because they showed up by Atlanta. That's not far. And his son, who had never met me, immediately walked up and hugged me, knew me by name. Like, that is just... I know. His son is really incredible, actually. That is a I, you're just like, family. oh, my God, there's a mini Mark coming at me. Okay, it sounds like we're going to take a break for a commercial, and we'll be right back. Are you... What's happening with your mood, Brandon? How are you feeling I'm now? i not in a good mood. Brandon had a really rough... It's been a bad few days, and I don't like that headspace, and I had to tell Sweetheart on the way here that 
I'm really annoyed today and I don't want to be annoyed and I keep trying to pull myself out of it and that makes me more fucking annoyed. I know, but you can't shame yourself for being in a bad mood. It's annoying to break your phone. It's annoying to have a burglary. All those things are stressful. So don't beat yourself up for being in a bad mood. Just let it rip. Just be in a bad mood. I, well, you know what? I've, I have accepted at this point. I'm acknowledging it, accepting it, and I'm just going to try and move on. Okay. Because that's all we can do. Like, I don't want to sit in it for too long. I did for a bit today, and it's just been a whirlwind. Sweetheart. I know. It has been a whirlwind. It, it has. Yeah, you're going to get out of that neighborhood. You're going to put your house on the market, yeah. which you were going to do anyway, and you're going to move somewhere else because... Sweetheart even generously offered to buy a house big enough for myself, my partner, and four cats to live in. She didn't know about the four I cats. I forgot about the but, cats. I, that, yeah, mm. I forgot about the whole cat situation. I don't know how Bernice and Bert would react to the cats. Oh, I'd, I'd love to see but their But we could just put Bert and Bernice down at some point because those two aren't really bringing <laughs> anything to the table. They're not going to make it table. much longer, I suspect. Don't say such things. They get up in the morning when they know my bell's coming. They fucking run around. It's like they're two different dogs. Yeah, they're really energized. As soon as she leaves, they're on the floor. Bert is depressed. For the rest of the day, it's it. It's like lights out. I'm like, excuse me, this is our only time for you to pay attention to me because she's gone. And so she leaves and then he goes to bed. It's like lights out and day's over. They're probably just on a very bizarre sleep schedule. They don't know They don't know what time of day it is or what they should be doing. They're just like, oh, it looks like it's bedtime for her. We'll just pass out too. I had a long day yesterday and I came home and got right into my poor La Femme pajamas. That's from Robin my fr- Wright's company. From my friend Robin Wright. Best pajamas. I never used to wear pajamas until I got these. They're amazing. And yeah, I got into bed. I had friends in town and I had social events every night for the last five days. So yeah, last night. I've was- not seen you in such a condition Oh, in a while. You sweetheart were... walked into my room and I said, I can't, I just can't do anything. I said, can you just cancel my day? And he said, no, Allison will kill me, my manager. And I said, okay, just asking. I was asking for a friend if it was cancelable. But and what so did I do? You said no. And what else? You said, you need to eat something. I'm going to go get you McDonald's. And you right. did. You got me a sausage egg McMuffin, which is my hangover food, and a hash brown. And I actually ate two sausage egg McMuffins. I'm not proud to admit that, especially since we just got off the phone with Mark. But I did feel better. I was slightly nauseous. And I just powered through. You know, I am good like that. I will fulfill my responsibilities. Nothing keeps you down. You were able to work out at 8 a.m. Have you guys heard about this lightning fit workout where they strap everything up to your body and you're connected to these electrodes? Yeah, it's like an electrode suit. And it stimulates your muscle, so it contracts your muscles at an alarming rate. So the workout itself is 10 to 15 minutes long, which is exactly the duration I'm interested in working out. And I'm super sore. Like my butt cheeks. Oh, my ass my, is oh, on fire. Yeah, my lower ab. Well, that could be for a couple of no, reasons. Could be. But my lower abs are super, super sore. So that is a great workout to complement my workouts with Ben Bruno. To supplement your workouts with Ben Bruno. He was like five days a week for a while, and I didn't know if you were going to make it through. The homicide rate at your house was going to go up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better that I see Ben like four times max per week. No more than that. And then that's when things start to get a little bit dicey. Do you feel like your body responds best when you are incorporating other workouts? Because you do Pilates. Now maybe we're going to introduce this lightning fit. Do you like doing those different Yeah, I like styles? to change it up. My body has been responsive to like all the stuff I'm doing because of those peptides I'm on, you know? I'm on these peptides that like kind of help your body a shed fat and they keep you thin you know they kind of keep you thin and fit so as soon as I manipulate my body in any way with diet or exercise I get results right away which didn't used to be the case so a lot of people talk about being in their 40s and 
hating what's happening to their body. But I have to tell you, like, I'm having the opposite experience because, well, because of these peptides. Well, because you found <laughs> Dr. Dominic Fraden-Reed and you inject yourself twice a day, right? Yes, in the morning and at night. Her office is pretty full. I've referred like three or four more people and they're like, we, we don't, they can't get in. I would so. love that. I want anything to preserve myself. I know. It's basically like you're being embalmed. I know. I know, sweetheart. So for people out there who, you know, can't afford a personal trainer or can't afford to go to an anti-aging doctor or any of that stuff, which is pretty much most people, Mark's program is a great way for you to start to see differences in your body and to get really healthy about the food you're putting in and to eat clean. I remember when he was telling me about like dried almonds, I was like, dried almonds, gross. Like there were so many things that I had no appreciation for because... I had never tried them before, really. Like, I was, I'm not going to eat a handful of almonds as a snack. But once you do try those things, you realize what you're putting into your body is clean food. And the yeah. clean food is so much healthier than anything you'll ever get from a restaurant or, well, where else would you get food, I guess? Well, but to your, to your point, they all work together. So the diet, the food, your skin, all of those things. So if you're putting the right things into your body, maybe you're not going to need to see an anti-aging doctor because you're kind of doing the right thing already. Right. Like all those things help. Right. And so go to venusnutrition.com if you're interested and just look at the meal plans and stuff and you'll get a good idea of what, what it is. And it's not a diet. It is a lifestyle. You keep saying that and it's true. It is a lifestyle. It's just changing the way you look at food and it's totally sustainable. You know, I mean, I'm doing it. I don't cook. I mean, I have like five different meals, but like I just packed four ounces of turkey. I weighed out on the scale and put in like an ounce of avocado and mustard. And I have my lunch and I should have had some blueberries or an apple, but I forgot that part. We can so. pick those for you. So, yeah, I'm sure there's an apple tree somewhere I can just grab one off of. But it is sustainable. So it is a program that works long term. So Brandon needs to move out of his neighborhood, right? You right. need to find a place. Get out of there. You need a place for you, your partner, and... Uh, four cats. Oh. oh, I forgot about those four cats. Yeah. I'm probably just going to go see if the animal shelter has a room for us because it's the only place that's going to take fucking four cats. Are you? Do you have these four cats permanently or are you? Yes. I know. Okay. I know. Everyone listening is judging me. I judge myself on a daily basis. I also foster for a local shelter. So sometimes I can have up to like 10 cats in my house. It's not great. I mean, those do are Do you kittens. feel like Bindi, the crocodile hunter's daughter, when that happens? Kind of. I mean, they're little, so they stay in like their little kennel and you bottle feed them. And then once they get to eight weeks, you find them homes but it's a real situation yeah well i mean i guess good for you is all i can yeah, say to that thanks. you know i mean i wish i could give you some more cat encouragement but i just don't have it in me like no. i do not you're not a cat person have affection for cats i don't want anything bad to happen to them but i'm also not looking to get one i'll make note of that yeah i don't like animals that go to the bathroom inside even though my dogs do <laughs> i don't like animals that have Ugh. like a potty that's mm -hmm. exposed to the air that i'm breathing yeah i get it like a litter box in someone's house with shit on it to me that's that's a deal breaker well you know what i'll tell you that is worse than that is seeing a fucking cat and this is true i've seen my friend's cat use the toilet to go to the bathroom. Great, great. What's wrong with that? No, you think that. That's what I thought. And then you see it happening, and it's suddenly very unsettling. Well, like I would like to see that, actually, and then decide if I'm against right. it or if I'm for it. Because that sounds like, to me, like the only fucking reasonable move cats can make at this juncture in society. They have abused their privileges for too long by shitting in a box and then hiding the shit from us <laughs> with their fucking legs, kicking it away. 
and burying uh, it. And then, so not only are we cleaning up their shit, yeah. we're digging and looking for it like an archaeologist. And I'm not interested in that. So if they're, if you're telling me that cats are now evolutionarily going to use the toilet, I say amen. I'll get you a cat then. Meow. Okay, well, this has been a very enlightening episode. I mean, I feel there is a lot of body issues going around in mm. this world that we live in. And you want to just like hit somebody with a magic wand and let them have what they want in life, you know, so that they don't even have to stress about it. But the thing about that is even if you got what you wanted, you'd also decide to change the goalposts and you would be unhappy about something else. Of course. So embracing all of yourself is is a very important active, I guess, practice. Well, it's never going to end. So I think you have to get to a certain point where there is a level of acceptance and like self-encouragement for improvement that's not necessarily based on any one goal. It's just always being better. Mm -hmm. I think that's a healthy way to look at it. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to look at it. I mean, oh God, what a day. I mean, what a day. We need a margarita. Oh God. It's the only thing that's going to solve this now. Yeah. Margarita and a joint, by the way. Well, Thank you very much. Week four. Okay. Congratulations, Shane. I hope. For anyone who does want to write in, they can do that at Dear Chelsea Project, D-E-A-R-C-H-E-L-S-E-A-P-R-O-J-E-C-T at gmail.com. Dear Chelsea Project at gmail.com. 